then I, I couldn't wait to get started, you know, the next year. And then that's when, the, you know, when they're talking shit. And I'm like, mm, okay, here you go. I'll show you who I am. Tank Slapping Podcast, episode 19, back in the pod life. Co-host on the other side of the screen, Sammy Sabedger, Sneaky Sam. What's good, brother? Oh, man, you know, uh, just uh, it's nice to be on here talking about motorcycles and get a break from everything that's going on across the country. So I just want to talk about motorcycles. No kidding. Yeah, we're not a big... We're not big on political stuff on this show, but man, what 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 a world we're in right now! And you're you're Center City Philly, so uh, well Center City ish, but yeah, you're you're yeah you're you're dealing with some some chaos right now. So glad you're doing well, man. Just been uh been been thinking of what you're going through over there. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, I, I, we're not a political show, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but it got pretty close to home. I could feel the roost. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and I'll leave it at that, man. But I, like I said, I'm just glad to be here. Uh, that I'm glad that we're safe, you know, my family's safe, and that I'm able to talk about motorcycles tonight. Yeah, hell yeah, man, same. Uh, but uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about, well— before we get into it, and we should do this first every show, I want to thank our sponsors that make this show happen. And the first one, the title sponsor of the podcast, is Bell Power Sports. All three champions last year, Briar, Dalton, and myself, uh, we all wore Bell Race Star Flex helmets. Make sure you check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. The quality and safety of the Bell helmet is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Man, they make bicycle helmets, skateboard helmets, just all kinds of any kind of helmet you can think of bell has it so check them out tell them we sent you and then i also want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor of the show and that is the moto america series they are the official ama road racing series in the usa led by 190 mile an hour super bikes they had their season opener this past weekend at road america which we'll talk about here in a bit they have 10 weekends at top tracks across the country including road america laguna seca indianapolis and road atlanta all day racing with five classes each day. Family fun with kid zones, free carnival games, stunt shows, electric kids' bicycles. We'll have to sign crews up for that. And uh, and more. There are various ticket packages to choose from. And if you're not able to make the track, there are five ways to watch the action if you can't attend. The biggest, I think, and the most popular is Moto America Live, which is what I use. Um, you go on their website, you pay a subscription, you watch the action. It's super good coverage. I was impressed by the coverage that they have all day live streaming. And then Fox Sports 2 FS2 shows live Saturday and Sunday superbike races. And then in days after the event, you can watch the Super Sport class on MAV TV, along with Moto America Rewind and the Junior Cup class also on Fox Sports 2. For all the information, check it out on MotoAmerica.com. So, yeah. Now let's get into kind of what I was talking about. We appreciate those sponsors for making this happen. But, dude, there's a show on Netflix. Anytime, like, a motorcycle-related movie pops up, I'm kind of, like, genuinely interested. And the newest one is Bennett's War. Have you seen it? Have you heard of it? Have you seen it? I'm clueless when it comes to Bennett's War. And I thought I've, like, exhausted Netflix in Amazon Prime. So I don't know how I missed it. Well, I wasn't going to address it until I was on, like, Something on Facebook, it was like a flat track page. Somebody asked about it, and the general like population said it was a good movie. And I was appalled. I What's think it it's about? the 
It's like the worst movie I've ever seen. And I love motorcycles. <laughs> I'd rather watch anything than this this movie, this Bennett's War movie. And I sat through it because I, I couldn't believe how bad it was. I sa- I literally sat there the whole time with my mouth drop, like, holy shit, this is awful. <laughs> uh, it's about a guy that, like, goes to war and he gets hurt and he comes back and he like races the local supercross scene and then he goes pro. So like, I won't give away to just go watch it. But the biggest thing for me is he races the local level. He needs to get his points to go pro. He can't win at the local level, but then he goes pro his first race and he wins. So I guess I gave the plot away, but it's such a bad plot. Oh man. It's like, the references and like the broing out, like this, the fake broing out, like the ah, it's just so bad, dude. So, uh, nothing yeah. could top uh, Disney's motocross. Do you remember that one, Corey? Dude, motocross is good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. That's, that's a, a good, good one, one now. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> so that I have Disney Plus now, and that's on Disney Plus, and it, I, I go back and watch, and it's kind it's okay, it's it's pretty lame, but. <laughs> Dude, like it's it's just like kind of heartfelt. I don't know this like it's 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 a playful type movie. If that that's a weird adjective, but the um the Bennett's War, it's like they're trying too hard. It's like ah, they try they're trying to make it like cool, and it's it's just uh, I just it's just bad. So if you want to watch a movie that's awful, but you'll be, stay glued to the screen because of how bad it is, Bennett's War, baby. And for everybody that said it was a good movie, it's not. It's so bad. It's like. A one out of ten, maybe two. In other news, we uh, we got this Fight Club, Flat Track Fight Club thing. Sammy, what are your thoughts on the? Uh, give give them a, give the fans a general rundown for those that don't know. And what are your thoughts on the whole deal? Well, I mean, uh, I guess it's for the for the fans that don't know about it. You're gonna have a bunch of old school legendary riders like you know Parker Carr, Cop uh, Springer battling some of the younger dudes on uh, like like Smith on on Astros. Uh, they're going to do it at some short track. Uh, I, I know things have been kind of hush hush. I don't know. It's, uh, the, the one guy, uh, that's, that's a part of it. I kind of don't get, uh, nothing against him personally is Sipes. Cause I don't see how he fits into that crowd, but Hey, you know, I guess maybe that's going to bring some fresh energy into it. I don't know. Either way, it's just a bunch of old dudes and new guys battling it out on Astros and, um, uh, I guess they're calling it the Fight Club, and everybody's just getting pretty mouthy about it in a good way. So I can't wait to find out about it. I think it's cool. I think the idea is great. I thought the motocross idea was awesome, too. And and Sykes is a bad dude. We had him on the podcast, and the guy can ride anything. But as far as, like, a bull taco Astro, I, I just don't – yeah, he's, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to like it so much. Uh, <laughs> but – I get it, like trying to bring some of the Supercross off-road crowd into it. Um, I don't know if a lot of those that 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 fan base is going to want to watch a flat track race. So it's it's hard to hard to tell, I guess. I mean, I get how the marketing thing works, and I think all the riders are deserving from a talent standpoint. Obviously, they're all I think they're all former champions of some sort. But it'll be cool. It some of the uh, banter I've seen, uh, it's kind of it seems forced. It's a little too playful for my liking. I want to see them. I see him butt heads a little bit and talk some real shit, you know? You know, Chris Carr kept emphasizing how much fun it's going to be. Bro, the real Fight Club, ain't nobody was talking about how fun it was going to be. They're going to get after it. So, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I'm, I'm excited to see Springer race and Parker and, and those old guys. And, I, you know, anytime Sammy and Jared line up, 
it's pretty good. Hopefully they slam each other a few times on those Astros. But man, I'm a little bummed I didn't get the call. I'm sure a lot of guys are like, oh, I wanted to, wanted to get the call, and I, I, I wish I was going, dude. I, I think on a little two-stroke framer, I think I, I think I'd get it on. I mean, the couple times I've ridden the Astro, I've blown them up, but they're fun bikes, and uh, I think the little guys. Well, we're all little, but I think the li- littler guys will <laughs> will be best suited to those things. It's like a big XR100 in a framer, That's, but two-stroke. Yeah. I never rode in. I rode a lot of motorcycles, and that's one motorcycle I've never uh, had the opportunity to ride. But you sit on them, man. And, and I mean, I rode two fifties, of course. Don't get me wrong, but I, I never rode an Astro. But they they feel so comfy and plush. They got a big old thick seat on them, and they feel so little. I mean, they do kind of feel like an XR one hundred. And and everybody I talk to that's ridden them says that's exactly what they relate them to. So they'd be a fun motorcycle to ride. But I never had that opportunity. And uh, have you, you said you rode one, Corey? I've ridden up or yeah, I've ridden them twice and both times I've, I've blown it up. The one, one, the last time I rode it was at Savannah half mile, the old Savannah and Chris Hawkins, uh, who Chris Carr rides his bull taco. Typically he's like, Hey man, ride my bull taco. I was like, you ain't got to tell me twice. All right. Anything. So I got on it three laps. I didn't shut the thing off. And I was, I, I probably, it was, I was probably asking for it. And dude, all you do is pull the compression release in as your brake. Like, it, that thing is that's the coolest freaking thing I've ever had on a motorcycle. You don't have to use the brake. You just like you pull that little <laughs> lever in. And I was using that as like I was feathering it as a brake, but I could keep my momentum up. It was awesome. And then I blew it up and I come in the pits and I was super stoked because I was like upset I blew it up and I thought he was going to be bummed. And, he, and, it, and this is great. He was like, yeah, I, you did me a favor, man. I was trying some new pistons and I wanted to see if they'd work or not. I'm like, yep, this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> all this you, buddy, business. all you. <laughs> I, I hear yeah. those. I hear uh, his bull tacos are pretty fast, man. I hear they're rocket ships. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's eh, it's re- re- relevant, I guess, to a a, to a 360 or whatever it is, two stroke, whatever. But no, it was fun. I, it's it was cool to ride. It's like I said, it's a framer, and they got a lot of history to them. So yeah, it'll be cool. I think the fight. I mean. It's racing. We don't have really much of that going on right now, so I think that'll be cool. And yeah, seeing those old dudes against the newer riders should be should be good. So we're gonna actually bring our guest for this week. Let's get into that. We're gonna bring him on, Scott Parker, nine-time Grand National Champion. Some call him the goat, the greatest to ever do it, the greatest of all time. So we're gonna bring Scott Parker on the and see what he has to say about the Fight Club. It, it'll be good. He he likes to drink beer, Sammy. So I, I think he he's probably he's probably training tonight. Let so, me hear that yeah. woo, 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 again. That was pretty woo, good, woo, man. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> you got it dialed. Well, my dad used to do that to me when I when I was younger, and and he he'd take me on a bike like on a, a victory lap or something. He would uh he would do the Scott Parker yell. Uh, I'm actually looking at Scott Parker picture right now in my house. I have a. I have a picture of him. Uh, so it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like we're basically talking to I don't know, like the Richard Petty of uh, a flat track tonight. So yeah, we'll bring him on, talk about the Fight Club, get some thoughts from him. There's a lot we could talk about with Parker, but it should be good. Let's do it. Dialing the goat. This number is using RoboKiller to screen their calls. Please say your first and last name, and I'll try to connect. Shana's brother. Sorry, I didn't get that. Please say your first and last name again. 
Shayna's brother. Sorry, I can't understand your responses at the moment. Goodbye. What? what the hell is this? Is he that important where he's got to screen his calls? Try it again, I guess. I don't know. I, I bet it would have worked if he said Shayna Texter. Calling him back. Try it again. number is using RoboKiller to screen their calls. Please say your first and last name, and I'll try to connect. Chris Carr. Sorry, I didn't get that. Please say your first and last name again. Corey Texter. Only Parker, dude. How many beers oh. do you think he's had? Scott Parker. Twelve. Damn. Damn, dude, you're a hard person to get a hold of. I know I don't like all the fucking robo fucking calls, so I put myself on <laughs> I put myself on block. They got to go through. Uh, it. I'm like perfect. It's it screened me I in three get, times. I'm like I, yelling I at this robot. <laughs> well, usually it pops right. Usually it pops right in on me, and I all of a sudden me and Brad are sitting here. I'm like, wow, I never heard it ring. Usually it'll ring. <laughs> They do a test, like the first one, and then he, I don't know, I don't know what all they say. I've never called it. You know what? I get nobody calls me any more bullshit stuff, so that's the good part. <laughs> Roger that. Nah, what's going on, man? How's How are things going? We're, we're live now, so we're, we're going to start recording, so. All right. Can we cuss? <laughs> yeah, you can cuss, first, dude. first word, can we cuss? <laughs> yeah, we cuss on here. It's, this, is, this is not a PC podcast. We, we, we cuss all the time. You there can let you it. Go, yeah, go. you can let it hang out, man. You can let there it hang you out. Go. Cool, perfect. I feel so damn much better now. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe it or not, what's man, been going it's on? Like eight, it's about eighty-eight today, and uh, we jumped on the boat and said we're going to be on the boat, and here we are on the boat, just enjoying the day. And and I had to tell my friends, I goes, I got to go to somewhere silent. Can you hear that boat going by in the background? No, I that? can't. Oh damn! It's it's sounding good. It's a little crisp. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So we uh we're just hanging on the lake today. Yeah, I've been watching your vids, man. I've been a little jealous, you know, living living the dream. Your training is a lot better than what my training consists of. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know what? My training was a little different then too. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's get into it, man. We want to ask you a few like career questions, then we'll talk about this fight club deal you got coming up, sure. but well, actually I, I've been kind of curious a little bit. Now you brought the, the training question up. What did, what are your thoughts on the guys? Like the way they train now, it seems like it's a lot more intense. You know, we we've talked a bit before about Poovy and Springer smoking cigarettes, walking to the starting line. And, you know, it, it kind of gets swept under the rug that you guys actually did train really hard. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? What did you do for training when you were kind of in the game? Well, I, I, I think you can you can you can change that up a little bit. I'll say there was some guys that trained, but there wasn't everybody trained. I don't think Springer's freaking ever run a mile just for training for motorcycle riding. He might have went up north and went up there for a weekend and had some fun up there, but for every day, day in and day out, I don't think Springer ever did much. I think he he was a lot like what Chris Carr would tell you, which I think is so funny, but I kicked his ass week in and week out. He said he, he didn't need to train. I'm like, he goes, ah, I just got it. I don't need it. I'm like, oh, perfect. Keep keep, keep that in your back of your mind. And and I worked my ass off when I was training, uh, really, because uh, 
you know, I was on a bike every three days is what my plan was. I, I like to ride motorcycles and that was the best thing I could do. Took a little advice from uh, Kenny Roberts uh, back in the day uh, when I was young kid hanging with him and Bubba a little bit one time, you know, he goes, man, you gotta, you gotta get your, you gotta have a spot where you can ride right out your back door, you know, and I think it comes from him and his ranch that he could just go out there and cut some laps and that. And so that was sort of my, my package too is that I could ride out, walk out my back door, throw on the motocross boots and my gear and, and helmet, and go uh, have a little bit of fun. And and it, you know I wouldn't have to take and load my bike up and all that. So that was sort of really my my training program. And I and I like to go to. I had a great guy which actually uh, helps train Jared a lot is is Craig Pickett. You know he was my right hand man when I didn't want to ride. Craig Pickett would say Scott. Let's go riding. Uh, Craig, I'm tired today. Nope, we're going, you know, and he's a, he's a great pusher and he pushes himself the same way, you know? That's really cool, Scott. Um, when you used to go training or play riding or whatever, uh, obviously, you know, lakes in Michigan, you're on the ice, but you know, when you went out your back door, man, what, what, what did you ride? Were you, uh, you know, were you a motocross? Uh, had, were you on a CR yep. 250? What were I you on? I started my early days. I started on a TT 500, which them things never tank slapped. Them things would go straighter than the, 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 the bikes they got out today, believe it or not. <laughs> we would take, I would take, slap one of them TT 500s and, and go, what the hell? Why won't it go straight? But uh, they were they were a lot of fun. I, I love the TT 500, and uh, especially because your friends can't start them. You know, they, they had a knack, and they had a knack, and you had to know the knack, and people say, oh, here's what you got to do. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. I goes, these people got these new 450s and were saying, oh, this is what you can't touch a throttle. You can't do this. I mean, I, I never had a problem starting them. You know, I mean, I, I, when you go from TT500 starting them to the 450s, I thought the 450s started great uh, compared to TT500. But, you know, uh, I trained, uh, that was my first stages of the motorcycle that I run. And then I jumped into the, the 490. Uh, that was the best, I think, training bike that I've ever had was the 490. Uh, that thing would stretch your, your knuckles out just like a XR750 would, you know, and when you turned it on and you got that thing straightened up and down, you better be hanging on to that, that, that thing, you know, because they're going forward. And, um, the, the bike, the bike would, would light up quick. So that gave me a lot of throttle control, a lot of learning throttle control. And I, and I run a motocross track. I never run dirt track. I, I run a motocross track, but it would be a dry, slippery, dusty one that, you know, uh, when it rained, we love to ride, but sometimes when it didn't, you're like, Oh, I gotta go ride on this piece of shit, you know? And, and that's what you did. And yeah. I, I mean, the four, then I went to the four fifties, obviously when, once them come out. Yeah, I I've heard you did quite a bit of moto, so it's kind of good to get some background on that. Um, as far as your your career goes, like I'm not gonna we're kind of kind of just generalize it a bit, but you know, over the years you've raced with, I mean, you've raced with Schobert, you've raced with Carr, Graham, you've had some tough boys to bang bars with. Who was like, it's kind of a two part question. Who was your toughest competitor over those years, and who was like the most underrated guy that doesn't get talked about much that just was a solid competitor. Well, 
I think, you know, uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, I run into a lot of guys in that era right there. You know, obviously I got to race with Gary Scott a little bit. He was, he was a tough one. Hank Scott was another one that come through, you know, and then, and then we had some throwback with like Corky Keener, a little older Billy Schaefer. And, you know, uh, there was, there was, I mean, I, I take and look back at the field and, and at that day, when we showed up at, uh, you know, just say the coin was maybe not the, I mean, I'll say, not say one of the half, some of the half miles and going, there wasn't one person on that, on that lining up that could not won the race and had not won a race. And I just don't think you see that depth in, in the field today compared to what they were then, you know, when you went, when you went to the national and you had Hank Scott, Gary Scott, Billy Schaefer, Corky Keener, uh, Ted Booty, Randy Goss, uh, you know, so on, so on. Uh, Jay Springsteen, I, you know what I mean? I mean, and Chris, and, you know, I mean, we had a field. I mean, I, I'm telling you, you could look at that field uh, like the year I won Decoin. If you look at that, you, you look back and tell me how many people won a national there. It wasn't just three. There was a lot more than that, you know, and that's the part that uh, the field was in depth, in depth back then yeah you know scott you you talked about a lot of different names uh you know from you know gary scott all the way up to you know you say ricky graham your your career spanned such a long time and uh the xr i mean you spent your whole career on an xr and that thing kind of evolved like you know in 79 your rookie year a lot of guys were riding you know factory framed xrs and then they went to like the dual shockers and your career lasted all the way up to, you know, the what we know as the modern single shock XR. Uh, out of out of all the different versions of XRs that you rode, uh, were there any that were your favorite for any particular reason, or or that appealed to your style better than another? No, no. But you know what? I don't think there's much changed in the whole aspect of a XR. They they feel like when you float them in it, you know. 130 mile an hour into the corner you know what we had some you know you're, you're going to have one that pogos and then you have a, a different pair of shocks a double pair of shocks we we went as fast on on double shocks is is what we have with with the single shock I'm, I'm almost sure we've you know been you know we've still got records that we did with dual shocks versus versus the you know versus a single shot but you know i i think the biggest part that i think that really changed was probably the front forks was the the biggest change that that really makes a made, made a big difference you know uh, that's the biggest biggest thing that i've really noticed in my whole career was that once they started getting to the bigger front forks and and a lot more stable front end is is the the big big thing that the xr itself for handling wise was yeah well you mentioned you know some of those guys you you talked about a bit you know the scott brothers and uh chris carr and and uh you know baba schobert and them guys who was the one rider you sort of i don't know i'm trying to get some nitty-gritty out of you man who was the who did you hate racing the most was there anybody super sketchy where you'd get behind you're like shit i gotta pass this guy or come on what that's a silly question well what do you mean that would be a silly question you know exactly who it is you just want me to say it you know (laughs) i don't i don't know who it was you've been huh Come on, your dad had to tell you. <laughs> we didn't, dude, we didn't talk. It about wasn't that. your dad. It, it wasn't your dad. I'll be honest. It wasn't your dad. 
Yeah. So, well, I didn't know if there was a general few guys who were kind of like, was, I mean, there was, and, and you would not believe this. There was a few guys there. There was about, there was about three or four or maybe five, but I, and I'll, and I'll give you a couple names and I'll, and I'll tell you how much I appreciate the packages is, 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 and they knew who they were. We, we give them shit. We took and just called one the other day, believe it or not, Brian come to me and he said, I don't know if you did the, did you do the podcast with, uh, with Rusty Rogers? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, so believe it or not, Brian goes, he went as far as to look up his number. I don't know if he got it from you where he got it, but you know what? He was here in town and said, let's give him a call, you know, cause he, Brian goes, he did a great job and said, he really looked up to, to, to me and said, let's, and so we called him Sunday. We called him on Sunday and shot the shit with, with him on Sunday. So that's amazing. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. He was one. He was one when you when you went and did it. He was one that when you went out there, he was like, "All right, you know what I told him the other day." I go, "You know what, Rusty? I never worried about you. I want to get by you and be gone." But I didn't worry. Rusty put himself at more risk than he would anybody else. Now, on the other hand, I could pull out a terrible one. Is 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 one of the best guys in the country was Ricky Graham. You know. And he took, you know what? He didn't give a shit if he knocked you off the motorcycle or whatever. And I would go right to Ricky Graham and say, listen, Ricky Graham, you're better than this. You're better than this. Why don't you wait another lap? I mean, the one you knocked off 10 people. I mean, you, and I, I, I can go back through my videos and you'll see them, 10 of them. You know, uh, and I, I didn't have a problem. I mean, I guess I did because he, he would knock, he knocked me off at Indianapolis and he knocked a ton more people off. That was when you really had to watch your P's and Q's when you want it, when you were, when you were racing with him. Another one would be uh, George Roeder. He would not put people at risk, but, you know, sometimes he was a little wild side, you know. Him and Jess was a little on the wild side, we'd say. You know, another one you'd be a little bit more worried about would be Rodney Ferris. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm just pulling out. I, you know what? And I'm not telling nothing that nobody knows. I, I just tell you the truth. Yeah, you know. I, I get it. Yeah, there's people like that I've raced with that I like them as I like them as people and I like hanging out with them. But sometimes they they race a little desperate, you know. So that's the word yeah. I've I've been using a little bit more is uh, yeah he races a little desperate. Um, they right. don't yep. they're not scared to run it in and they don't really wait wait at all. And right. um, Rusty described it on our show. We were talking about the mile, and he's like, man. He's like, they used to get mad at me because I'd pass them in the corner and not wait for the straightaway. And he's like, this ain't drag racing. If I have a spot in the corner to pass you, I'm going to go for it. And, right, uh, right. yeah, so yeah. it's just different. I mean, minds. He, was usually, he was, he was, a, I mean, I don't think out of the career he had in the 49 or the 409 times he crashed, <laughs> I don't think he ever knocked one person off. You know what I'm saying? Now they right. might have hit his bike once or twice, but I mean, he usually put himself at risk. He didn't put other people at risk, you know. And that's one thing I liked about him, you know. Where RG, I disagree. He put people at risk, you know. He would risk. He wouldn't give one inch. And and when somebody pushed the front end, he would hit you. Not and and I'll tell you this in the same words, he was the best motorcycle racer I feel I have ever raced against, you know. But he took in. He could do stuff on a motorcycle that was was freaking badass on the other hand you know he didn't have a problem when when he oh whoa, i didn't do nothing he was always this little you know his little gq thing is oh you know he'd whine when you know you know whine it out you know oh don't you feel sorry for me no you know and now you're just like shut up you know <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, me and him would go at it. Me and him would go at it a lot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I because I didn't, I didn't ride that way. You can, you can put uh, me, Chris Carr, and Jay Springsteen in a group. You can add all three of us together, and out of our 20 years of racing, 25 of, of, of what Springer did, and in, in the the 25 that Chris did, I bet you you can't. Ricky's knocked off more people than we have. True story. And if somebody wants to argue with me, then you can. I'll take and pull them up on videotape. <laughs> Is that That's what you good. want to hear? It's exactly I'm I'm great. Honestly, I'm telling the truth. Wouldn't expect any less. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> this is what we need more of man the riders today they're they're too worried about being too politically correct and they don't speak their minds they want to just like i talk about it all the time like the riders today there's not many of them have personalities they're scared of saying the wrong thing and you watch the old camel pro videos you guys you know you let it be known that you didn't like those other brands you know the non-harleys right. and and you and Chris had a rivalry, and you and Ricky had, you know, Ricky and you guys had rivalries. There wasn't, oh, you know, it it wasn't just the social media bullshit. It was you guys spoke your mind when it was time to speak your mind, and that's something I think we need more of. Honestly, it's good. Right, right. No, I, you know what? I mean, I, I would not say, you know, nothing that I wouldn't say to Ricky's face right now or anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, but you you people can do the math. You think people can do the math? Just, just you know, all you gotta do is sit back and, and count how many people Chris Carr knocked off, count how many people I knocked off, and count how many people Jay Springsteen knocked off. Not very damn many, you know. And 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 you know, uh, on the other hand, ten times in one year, counting eight eighty threes and seven fifties, ten times. I almost went back and made a video of it because I just got so tired of hearing people's bullshit. Their team saying, "Oh, he's all right." He did nothing wrong and i'm like all right move on so <laughs> hey you, you know you talk about like you know like Corey said and, and you know how you were kind of uh not so politically correct or just the guys of your era were like not so you know polished in their in their interviews man and uh you know like today you know you were you were a guy that went to uh the to the races with a number one plate in a van and like today you see these uh super haulers and you know and, and these well-spoken interviews i mean you were a factory rider i mean it kind of seems like you know the factories now kind of have a somewhat of a an eye on on what their riders say or do how, how was it i mean did the factory in your day have a tight leash on you or did they just let you just be scott parker uh, probably a combination of letting me be Scott Parker. I mean, obviously you got to, you had to watch what you said, but in the same token, you know, I would make the people feel that I would rode a Harley Davidson because I wanted to be on a Harley Davidson. And, and I still would, if I don't care what race I was at, I always was proud of the other motorcycles was there and always give them a, a little gain too, is going, Hey, I know there's some other brands out there, but I'm sure glad you're there. So, you know, I'm promoting motorcycle racing. I'm not just po promoting Harley, but I'd never had, I, I'd be honest with you. I'd never had one time that Harley come to me and said, you know, you've got to say this, or you needed to say that. And, you know, uh, never one time. Yeah. I mean, I think it stems from the top in the company. I think like, Willie G and Bill and all those guys, they're, they're blue collar dudes at heart, you know, and they, and they're, you know, they let you guys and Springer and whoever else is riding for the team. It seemed like they just wanted you guys to be you. I mean, I, I think 
Scotty Parker just himself not trying to be like a robot it was what sold motorcycles so yeah it's just it's just a little bit different yeah which I looked at a picture the other day and your guys's factory quote-unquote rig was just like a little box truck and now you have all these big haulers and you know the essence and rig and the, the factory team now are you kind of glad things were more low-key back then you could kind of just focus on riding you have to worry about all the other stuff yeah, I don't. I don't think you know. I mean, we we did go through a small part that we had a big truck, and then you know they moved some stuff around. Then we went to smaller, and then we then they got a little bigger. You know, I mean, we danced around with it a little bit. You know what? People could always say to me is, "Oh, well, you only win because you got every. You, you know, you get everything. You got this. You got this and that." I'm like, eh, whatever. You know, you don't you don't know what my week went through. You don't know what I did all week. You don't know none of this stuff. You know and you know, everybody's always got an opinion, and that's why opinions are, you know, the ones that that, that try to speak the most are the ones that probably just don't freaking know, you know. And that's the part is is you you got to take. And I'm I'm a strong-minded person, and and people want to try to try to push you to one direction or push you to the other direction. And I did what I wanted to do, you know. Uh, I, I I you know I worked, and I and they don't know you. They don't know you. You know, the best thing that happened to me was media, to be honest with you. When I, after I lost the, my fourth champion, or I made it four championships, lost my fifth by two points to Chris. You know what? I took and went back the next year and come back. Took and was doing all right. It was me, Ricky Graham, and Chris Carr going at it. And I took and bike broke one weekend. I fell off the next weekend trying to hide try to haul ass at Hagerstown, you know, and then I just put it in a cruise mode. You know, the next thing I know is at that time, cycle news is talking all their shit, you know? Oh, and that, that was our biggest media that we had besides that was our biggest media besides, you know, cycle cycle world and a couple other cycle magazines that was not, they wouldn't, it, by the time you read it, it was too freaking old to, to even read, you know? So cycle news was our main thing, but you know, they start, Oh, well, you know, you're at Daytona and, you know, a couple of announcers. Yeah, he looks like he's washed up. He's this, you know, and he's, you know, and I'm like, they don't know who I am. And that was a start of my, that was a start of my winning five, five championships in a row. You know what? I'm like, they don't even know me. What are they talking about? You know, look at the year that I had. I took it, started out. I was right there. All three of us was right there in the points race. Bike broke one weekend. Okay, no big deal. Next weekend I fall off. Chris and Chris and them go one two. Uh, I think it was Lima, and then the next race they go one two, and then two one. They they switched switched first and second again. Them two did, and they were forty points up. And and you know what? I think that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me that year because I just put it in cruise mode and just let let the year go. I just was like, you know what? I won one race all year and. You know, uh, that was it. Just one race, you know, and I mean, I just had no one drive, you know, and then because I'm like, I'm 40 points behind. What do I need to kill myself to to try to beat these guys right now? I, it just ain't going to happen. And I and it just give me a breather for a year. And then then things then I, I couldn't wait to get started, you know, the next year. And then that's when, the, you know, when they're talking shit and I'm like, mm, OK, here you go. I'll show you who I am. You know, when I think about, you know, Scott Parker, I think about something that you had that a lot of other riders, I don't see in other riders, you see riders and they're kind of one dimensional in, in the way they approach a, a race. And 
you know, I think about you and your career and like, man, you know, I wasn't old enough to watch you ride, you know, your rookie year. I was a baby. But, uh, right. you know, I know you, you know, when the old Scotty Parker, man, 40X, I see all the pictures and I hear all the stories, man. You were a, a hang it out dude for sure. And uh, that's something like, you know, I really admired about you because it seemed like that's something that as you matured as a racer, you you uh, you kind of always put that in your back pocket. And and when the time came to, you know, drop the hammer or, or really get up there and make something happen, you were always able to pull back that old Scotty Parker and uh, let it hang out. And that, that was uh, that was neat for a lot of right. fans to see. That was cool. I think that come from uh, come from be honest with you my early days in my racing uh my dad we didn't have a ton of money and my dad only i had a 60 against 80s and probably that was a probably a great thing that i had in a, a period of time in my young career is i had to work harder because everybody else had 80 cc's and i had a 60 and you know he tried to hop it up as much as he could but you know we we're racing 80s against 60s but that's all the money that we had at this point and so that's what i that's what i had to deal with you know, yeah. and it just makes you, it makes you run it in the corner that much harder. It makes you do this and makes you, you know, try to do everything harder, you know, as it going, I didn't want to lose, you know, and, but that's all I could do is push harder, push harder, push harder. And, and I think that was a piece of the piece of the pie that, that actually, you know, made, made me better in the long run. Yeah, when you stepped away, you were still at the top of your game. I mean, uh, I think you got second in the in your last championship. It was you know a battle with always with Chris Carr, but you won championships pretty much right until you retired. You were winning races. You came back, won a couple races. I think in a like a shortened season. Um, what was the decision to retire? And you know how tough was that? I like to kind of talk about this a little bit for like the younger guys that listen and. Um, talk about that, like the decision to retire, like, how did, how did that come about? Well, you know what, here's what it come about. You know what? I, 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 back to the same part is I had 20, I had 20 great years of racing and, uh, I come to a point in my life that I was like pretty financially good shape, won more championships than anybody. And it falls back to some of the stuff that we were talking about a little bit ago was, is, is, People think you win everything because you got everything. And I'm like, you know, I it just come to a point. It's going, I had 20 great years of racing. It's it's obviously, we you know, it's a dangerous sport. I loved every minute of it. Wouldn't change it, you know. Uh, but I, I come to a point is going, you know what, I like to do things. I like to, I like to you know, I like to build houses. I, I you know, always got projects going on. I, I, I just don't like to sat around, you know, and, and, you know, uh, how I built two houses while I was racing motorcycles, you know, and, and I mean, I built more than that when I was racing, but I mean, I, you know, that was, I was just like, it's gotta happen here. Just you, you do it, you know, and it takes time out of what you're really, you know, your racing thing, but you're like, you, you just keep going forward. But I just come to a point and, and I, and I heard from more people than one that when you quit having fun at it, it's time to move on. And I got where I, I was going to, you know what, when I went to the Springfield mile, when I went to, uh, you know, what do I want? Sacramento. I, I mean, you know, any of these racetracks that I went to that were freaking awesome. I took and loved racing. I didn't have one problem with that, but when they took us up to Dairyland at a, a Podunk freaking short track and not to be rude or anything, but that, you know, it, it was, a, it's like racing in a gravel pot pit you know and i'm going man i mean 
I don't know. And that's what, that was a, some, you know, a bunch when, when you went to beautiful racetracks, you loved it. But when you, when you went to shitty racetracks, I was just like, here, I got to go risk my, I think we went to the last year we went to Hawthorne, you know, and I'm like, or, you know, and I, I was like, you know, and I'm not saying that I, I, I don't mean, I don't, I don't mean to bang on the tracks, but I mean, you just come to a point that you're like, thought we were supposed to be at the best of the best and whether it's attract people or whether it's our ama that wasn't getting a job done or whoever it was you know you come to a point and just go on i don't need this i don't need this i don't need to go risk my life on a piece of shit ass racetrack and and that was some of my decisions you know you, you talk about you know shitty racetracks and of course who hasn't rode a shitty racetrack, but I mean, do you see any differences in what it was like, you know, during your heyday of the career of your career, you know, with, with track prep to versus what you see now and, and things like, uh, you know, some safety issues, uh, or, or like, you know, riders today have an air fence. You guys had hay bales. I mean, you have any thoughts on that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I, I think that the AMA has done everything that, they thought that they could do in in hindsight they did everything that they've you know thought they could do to make it safer 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 i think it's you know they're they're doing everything that they can imagine and put together and 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 make it safer and safer but probably the biggest part i would have to say is is sometimes i think they push a little bit too hard especially now that they're they're doing a lot of promotion on this stuff and, and i mean i've heard some of the tracks have been good and then i've heard some of them been shitty and i and i see some of them have been good and i see some of them that's been shitty you know i mean uh i i i'll tell you right now i went to daytona the, the first year they had it there and i shook my head and i'm like what is going on here? You know, here it is two in the morning or one o'clock in the morning and they're, you know, they're dragging their feet in the track and they got two, they got two track people out there going, we're at the Daytona first time back or the first time that they moved inside the racetrack. And I'm like, it was, it was really a disaster. It was a disaster. And I'm like, you know, that's the stuff that drives me crazy. You know, you guys, put your bikes together. You come there, you come there to do your job and you, and you're going, I mean, what took freaking 20 hours to put this race together that day? You know what I mean? Obviously it was track, obviously it was track issues, you know, uh, yeah. got, got started late and track was this and then that, then that, and then, you know, and this was a venue that had probably might've been the most people they've ever had at Daytona, you know? And I'm like, you know, because India was going, I mean, India was just coming in and Harley was on different bike and, you know, all this stuff was one of, should have been one of the greatest events that should have went off. And it was, it was like, these people are leaving there and the thing's going, man, I want to leave and I love motorcycle racing. That's, you know, I mean, that's the part that drives me crazy. Yeah. And I, and I think most of it's track, pre- track preparation. Yeah, no, you hear the argument like the fans today with people get riders getting hurt and um, track prep today. And I, I look at old videos on YouTube, and man, some of your guys' racetracks were pretty shitty. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, granted, you did well on a lot of those tracks, but um, it doesn't change the fact that they weren't very fun to race. So, no, I just like getting perspective from from the different yeah. errors. I mean, on I, track think, I think I think some of the I think some issues too. Here's I'll I'll put this out out front out is i think that we need to educate our young riders better 
I think that you know what I mean. This ain't the last race. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of other races to go. It's not you know what you have a bad you have a bad day. You have you know you're not quite as good. You don't got to run it into the corner 120. You know with 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 you know it's not you got to you got to be back next week or it it's it, you defeated your purpose. You got to be safe. You got to use your head. You know, and I mean, the thing is, is, you know, they need, they need, you know, Jared Meads and they need Brian Smith before they go out to the main event, walk by these guys and go to everyone, use your head. That's where it's at. That's, that's, you know, I mean, Hey, there's a lot of races. It's, it's our younger kids that are getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? Knock on wood. We don't want nobody to get hurt, but you know, I mean, it's our younger kids and they're just, you know, they're, they're they just keep trying that much harder and they, and they, and they look up at your Jared's and your, and your other people. And that's the thing that I think could help out is, is you got to get these young kids just a little bit more educated, you know, maybe, you know, Maybe maybe we maybe we start them out farther, you know. Maybe we give them a little a little bigger gap. Maybe you get a disadvantage, or you know, I mean, because that's what happens is they get there in a crowd of people and they 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 just think that they can get it done. And and you know, I mean, them are your young guys that we need for next year, you know. And you got to take and you know, they they need to be educated. I think it's just lack of education. Yeah, a couple more questions and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. But um, do any of the riders from um, like today do they remind you of yourself? Um, anyone that you watch that you enjoy watching the most that might have some Scotty Parker in them? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I just don't. <laughs> I, just being, I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I see the drive in Jared. Jared's got drive. That's got. I mean, Jared. Jared works his ass off, and and you you know, I mean, he he's probably the toughest guy out there, and 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 you know, mentally tough and and tough. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you can't take it away from the guy that that takes and rides three days a week, and you know, bicycles and mountain bikes, and you know, that's his his job, and that's where he makes his money, and he works his ass off at getting a sponsorship, and he he does all this stuff, and he you know, I mean, he. He gun holds it, and that's why he he survived. I mean, that's why he's the best right now. You know, I mean, he you know not saying that Brian don't do it, but I mean, I I mean Brian Brian, I mean it just seems like Jared just got just a tad bit drive that's like no tomorrow. You know, like more. If I guess if anybody it would be Jared, he's got my drive. You know what I mean? He just like I didn't like getting second. Jared don't either. You know, I mean, that's yeah. my second place was the first freaking loser. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't like second. I'd rather cartwheel the motorcycle than not really, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I didn't like second. And, uh, you know, I, I would race hard and safe to get, to get it done. You know, and that's one thing I, back to the younger kids is I try to preach to people is, you know, you got to be back next weekend. You can't do stupid stuff. You know, you got to be back next weekend to kick their ass, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it just it seems like, you know, Brian and Jared were the main guys for for so long that they were the, realistically the only two that had a shot to win a title it seemed like for so long and and now you have Briar coming up and he's a young guy that likes to hang it off the bike a bit. Um so things are kind of changing around a little bit. Yeah. Um so with, to, you know, I mean they're, they're both doing really good, you know. I mean I think it's awesome. You know, I mean, I think they've got their, you know, the the, the younger brothers, you know, I think he's going to be tough to beat this year, my opinion, you know, I mean, because yeah. he's, he's coming on and he, you know, he was right there. He's real close, you know, and, and now the, you know, now it's Briar did it. So he's like, it's got to happen, you know? 
Yeah, no, that's good, man. That's good insight. I, I want to, before we go to our last segment we do every week, I want to ask you about this flat track fight club. Uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've heard some, some stuff about it. We obviously see your videos on Facebook. They're pretty entertaining. Are you stoked on the event? I mean, when was the last time you rode a Bultaco? Gosh, that had to be back in about 80, maybe. Let's see, 80. Let's see, in the 79, it wasn't it was before it was that. So it had to be about probably 78, 70, 77. I won an amateur national on a boat taco. And then, so 78, I might have run some junior races. I don't, I think after that, I had a Harley. I think I had a 250 Harley. So, you know, I haven't been on one. I, I want to say 77 would probably have been the last one I was on. But, you know, my, my package is, is uh, you know, uh, Terry called me up and asked me what I thought about it. And I goes, hey, I, you know what, I, I'll go hang it out with Springer and, and Chris and one-on-one and -on -one guy. But I don't want I don't, I don't to show up with 10 guys on the line and say go. You know, I, I, that was my opinion going in. I, I don't mind hustling it with, with one or with one or two people out there, but I don't have a problem with that. Cause I can pay attention. I can see what's going on. But when you got 10 people or which we only got eight, but I didn't really feel comfortable with eight, you know, it just, it just puts a whole another Avenue on it, you know, uh, where if you're one and one on out by yourself, you're, you're good to go. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I can pay attention. And not that you can't pay attention. You know what I'm saying? You're just, you don't got one more guy coming in underneath you going, Oh, I can get them both here. You know? And, uh, I guess I'm just getting, you know, I'm, I'm getting old on that side of it. That I, me and Springer, we had a great time when we did it at, at Sacramento and it was awesome. You know, so in that mode, I don't have a problem now, you know, and I, and I get to do it with anybody because I know I can, uh, I'll give them room going in or they, I'll give them room coming out or whatever. It's just how I race now, it, it, you know, uh, or how I probably always race because I obviously never knocked too many people off. So just that one picture at Daytona. And I don't think the guy knocked you off, but everybody always brings that picture back up where I'm stuffing him at, at, at the <laughs> there. <laughs> Is there anybody that you're looking forward to the most of, you know, mixing it up with? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. It'd be fun to cut a couple laps with each and every one of them. That's, that's the main thing. You know what I mean? It's, 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 you know what, with the COVID thing going on here, it was just, uh, sound like a great thing to, to, to do and put some entertainment into for help, maybe help the dirt track package a little better and just, just get out there on a, on a bike and ha cut a couple laps and, and laughs and fun and put a show on for the people, you know, uh, uh, that that's what it's about. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what people go to dirt track racing to have some good close racing and, and hopefully, hopefully it'll be close and, and a great show for the people. We're all excited about it. You know, I talked to Jay, he's called me the last two days about it, you know, and, and he's all excited about it. You know, it's coming down to punch time this Monday and Tuesday, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be going. So, uh, I got to go stretch my leathers out a little bit, make sure I can still get in them. You know, <laughs> if, if, that'll be my next, that'll be my next, uh, Facebook post, you know, when I got my balloons and my leathers stretching them. Yeah. Mies has been talking he said they're going to breathalyze the riders before they go out. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wanted me to ask you about it. I mean, I figured I was going to ask if there's one rider that you had to, if you had to knock down for the win, who would it be? But it's probably Mies, right? I mean, that guy. He's... It would probably be nobody. I would never knock nobody off for the win. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just being honest. Yeah, I'm just being honest. You know what? I didn't <laughs> want to get knocked off. I don't want nobody to knock me off, but I don't want to knock nobody else off. Hey, <laughs> no, I I, I'll tell you this. 
at the coin, I took and run into back to Chris, and you know, at a buck thirty going into into three and four, and uh, I went up to him, man. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you know. I mean, it just, uh, I know I wouldn't want him to hit me, and you know, vice versa. That's why I never rode that way. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love watching your guys' old races. It's it's epic, epic racing. Yeah, I grew up in that era, man. I was a kid coming to those races with my dad and watching you guys. Oh, and I know you guys were uh, you guys are my heroes back then, dude. It was yeah. cool. I got tons tons of autograph posters. I still find Scotty Parker stickers that you signed and pictures. And I, <laughs> I got I one in that. my room right now. I, I just talked about for the show. I looked up and I have one of you from Springfield. Uh, oh, right on. Pretty cool, but um, our last segment hey, we do your dad every episode. Was a lot, your dad, not to speak of bad stuff, but your dad was a lot of fun. Had a lot of great races with him, him, and he could haul ass. He he really liked he liked them local races a hell of a lot better than he did. The, seems like the national. He seemed like he, you know, seemed but he did good, man. Your dad was your dad was a good, clean, safe racer, and uh, I remember Randy today. You know, uh, a lot of great fun. Bring up some good memories. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I like hearing stories from uh, from you guys with but with my dad and and, and even like George Roder taught. We had George on the show recently, and Rusty Rusty's he said his first ever race was a benefit for my dad. So it's it's uh, it's, oh, wow. it's pretty it's pretty crazy to hear you guys talk about um talk talk about my dad racing with you guys, and then you know you guys come to the track and, and watch me race and stuff like that. It's it's a it's a surreal feeling. So um, yeah, well, yeah you man. had one more to, you had one more to put in there too. What about Grandpa? Oh, Grandpa Tex, yeah. Well, oh yeah. my gosh, I remember him riding to every damn race. Oh my gosh, he 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 wanted to sit on that motorcycle every race to ride to. You know, That's oh yeah, things I remember. Yep, yeah, they were oh. big Parker fans. They were like I I mentioned on the show. I did the woo woo woo. I was like, my dad did that all the time when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, he was a Parker fan, so. Um, no, nah, we appreciate you coming on the, the last segment we do every week. It's called the higher low line. We give you two, two options, pick one or the other and give us a brief explanation, um, for your ultimate, you, you know, there's that ain't even no freaking question. I know you're a high Why line guy. There you go. Why would you just <laughs> say, you know what, Scott, I'm going to say you're going to do the high line because I know you ain't going to do the low line. I love going to Lime, Ohio and running into the corner the first practice and just fling in the sand at all the spectators all the way around, hoping they got their glasses in because, uh, I mean, I, I go there now and when, when you guys come by there throwing stones at, at us now, I'm like, holy shit, it must have. I get in there so hot and just freaking crank that throttle on and just, I know the rooster had to be going, <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I get it today when I go there, you know, and I could just imagine when I was flicking that thing in there going, doing it on purpose, going, them guys probably hated me. <laughs> but I, it, I, it was a riot. Yeah, Baker, uh, one year, Brad Baker, I had a brand new uh, set of Oakleys I was wearing and I was, I was standing at the fence line and he, he destroyed them. Like they were, they were done for, but you know, so, um, well, okay. That's my first one, you know, your ultimate cushion racetrack. Are you going to Ascot or are you going to Lima? You know what? I like them both. I like them both. Uh, Ascot was a piece of history and that's what I liked about Ascot. You, you, you showed up there and it's freaking hot. It's you show up there. They water it the night before, 
and then nothing. Then they show up the next day, and it still looks like they didn't even touch it. Then they start pouring water on it, and they put the triangle spike grill on it, uh, drag, and they'd have three or four in each corner, and they would just dig it up. That's one thing you guys don't get. You guys ever practice Springfield when they don't roll it out? Never. No more. Because, yeah. we, you know, but when we went there, you got blasted at Springfield or Ascot Park. I mean, Terry Poovey and all these guys are putting cardboard, all kinds of shit in their leathers, just a Ted booty. And you get done. Jay Springsteen wouldn't put it in there. But when he got done, he was yellow as a frickin' bumblebee. You know, I mean, Ascot Park was crazy. And actually, Springfield was pretty gnarly, too, because they dug it up a little bit. But it would end up being, obviously, at the end of the day, down around the bottom most of the time. But uh, it was gnarly in practice at Springfield, too. All right. So to go on with that high, uh, low line, who had the best trophy girls, Winston Pro or Camel Pro? They're all beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) They're all beautiful. You know what? I I would have to say Winston Pro uh, had one of the greatest was Lynn Griffin. She was, she knew her job and, and I mean, uh, she was, she was definitely true help to our sport. All right. I, I don't I know you like beer. I just don't know. Are you a Budweiser or are you a Coors Light drinker? No Coors Light. No Coors Light. I like I like hoppies. I like I like pretty much all beers. I like pretty much I don't like dark beers. I like hoppy beers. I like uh, a little mixture little mixture of uh, I'll drink Bud. I'll drink Bud Light. My favorite probably everyday beer is Mick Ultra. Uh, that's what I really like. Uh, it just, uh, in fact, I'm going to go grab me a, and I got an all day IPA. I like all day IPAs cause you enjoy, they, the guy made a perfect name on them when they said they're all day IPAs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. The Mick, the Mick Ultra, that's like a low cow beer. That's your training beer, right? Oh yeah. Yep. You can drink, you know what I like about it? I can drink my, if I don't, otherwise you see me on some of my stupid stupid uh posts on facebook and the other stupid stuff i do once in a while i you know drinking and i come back going oh i could talk oh maybe i shouldn't be on here <laughs> uh so so what do you hey, what do you what are you cracking uh, open right now uh, are you are you going gonna, with it and you know what be honest with you here it is right here pop i hope you heard it <laughs> this is all day ipa Hello. Okay. Yeah, you I didn't know. All right. Yeah, we're dialed. Top, top of all day IPA. Yep. So the guys <laughs> are back on the boat. Sorry for all you guys' luck, but I'm jumping on the boat. Gotta go, gotta go, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what, what an ending. <laughs> He's. SP has left the building, guys. That what a, what a way to end the show. What a way to go, man. I tell you what, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to listen to this episode uh, for the first time right along with everybody else because uh, I guess I got protesters at the end of my street. And my internet signal was toast, and I didn't hear like a word he said. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty good. I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. I wanted to ask him who he would rather have on his drinking team, Mark Chezza or Barry Smith. That was like the biggest question I had for him. Like who's, who's his drinking team? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to text him and, 
and find out. Uh, yeah, he left the high low line a little early, but I mean, beer. I mean, maybe we'll have to have him back on one, you know, later on down the road, and we can uh, so I could uh, hear what he has to say, <laughs> and we can ask him a few of uh, these uh, more of these high low lines. Yeah, oh, what a legend, dude. Legends can go out however they want, I guess. That guy is uh what a guy. Um well, let's let's roll into our closing segment, Sammy. We uh doing something new this week. Um I want to make it a kind of a weekly thing. I want to call a current rider in the sport, um youngerish maybe, mid 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 20s or younger. And ask them a um, an historic 3, like three questions about the history of the sport. They probably won't know, hopefully not, because then they lose, and we don't have to give them a gift or a prize. Um, Mark. I'm hoping they'll give us some sort of funny answers. You know, I want to kind of, you know, I think the general general idea for our podcast is to teach people more about the history of the sport, get guys on like Rusty Rogers and George Roeder and Scott Parker. Um, We have our new guests, too. Obviously, we had Carver and Bronson and... Um, but I want to get these new guys on and teach them a bit about the history of the sport. And this week, we have three questions. This week, we're going to call Max Whale. And he has no clue that we're calling him. Let's ring Max Whale. Let's see if he answers. And let's ask him these three questions that I have. And I think the prize for this week, I think Max wants a CTR hat. I don't think he has one. He's been asking me. We'll give him a CTR hat if he gets them right. Carter, give give Max Whale a call. His Australian ass, and and let's see if he if he knows some uh, American American flat track history. You got it. Hello, Max Whale. Hey, how's it? Who's this? Corey Texter, man. <laughs> and Sammy Sabedra. What's going on? You're on Tank Slapping podcast, dude. We got a little surprise call to you. Oh, really? Are you stoked or what? Come on. Yeah, it's cool. What are you doing? Why did, not much. Why did a North Carolina number come up? Well, that's our producer, Chris Carter. He's calling you. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Good. Yeah. I might want to show. Well, we called about 10 other riders. They didn't answer, so we well, figured we'd call you. You'd probably answer, so. Oh, okay. No, I'm what, just did, did you get that cast oh, off? Did you get that cast yeah, off cast your arm? Nice, nice. Got it off on Friday, so, yeah. I'm happy about that. Oh yeah, dude. Well, we're doing a new segment on tank slapping, and uh, you're you're our first victim. We're gonna ask you three questions about the history of the sport. Kind of, we picked some easy ones for you. And if you win, I'm gonna. Do you have a CTR hat? I don't know if you have one or not. No. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give you a CTR hat if you if you get these questions right. Um, All right. If you don't know it, just take a guess. Just see see what you can come up with. Um, every week we're going to call a new rider. We're going to ask them three questions about, you know, history of the sport and see if they get it right. So first question, man, are you ready? Not far at me. Do you know who Scott Parker is, first off? Yeah, I know who he is. Okay. We just had him on as a guest. And yep. how many championships does Scott Parker have? Is it? I think it's seven or nine. Seven or nine. Uh, I mean, one of those is correct. What do you got? Uh, I think it's seven. Oh, Maxi, that's Chris Carr. Chris Carr has seven. Parker has nine. Uh, should, should we? Uh, 
God. You want to let him go with it if he gets the next two right, Corey? All right. <sighs> we'll give him two out of three, Max. All right. Two out. Two out of, we got to right, give him a break. He, 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 you know. <laughs> All right. Here, here's question two. Are you ready for question two? He's not going to get this yep, one. Right. Uh, I mean, you do know who Ricky Graham is, right? Yep. Okay. How many wins did Ricky Graham have in his epic 1993 season? Oh. Is Bronson with you? No, he's not. I'm in I'm actually in the half. I think he's in the show. Go out go out and get some phone a friend. Get Bronson yeah. to help you answer these last two. Alright. Walk out there. We'll, on, we'll give you some we'll give you some help. Corey's really trying to give away a hat here. I just man, I just you know, he's he's he can't sell him. Yeah. yeah. Oh how about how about I got an Australia question for him? Alright. I think he was a factory Honda dirt tracker from Australia in the late 80s. Peter Goddard, he came here to the United States and rode as a junior. Do you know what his race number was? No. Damn it. <laughs> you got Bronson out there? Hey, Bronson. Bronson. It's Corey's on the phone, right? It's about like the tank slapping. How many wins did Ricky Graham have in his 1993 season? Yeah. He better know. 12? Oh, all right. Cool. You got it. You got it. You got it. All right. One more question, man. This is for all the berries. Okay. Do you know what the Grand Slam is in Dirt Track? Yeah, I know what the Grand Slam is. Okay. So the original Grand Slam, it included a road race event, too. So you won the four disciplines on dirt, and then you won a road race. Um who was the first rider to win and complete the Grand Slam? Um, can you repeat that, please, sorry? Who was the first rider to complete the original Grand Slam, winning four disciplines and the road race? Who was the first rider to do that? Kenny Roberts. Try again. Oh. Um. Kenny was the second. Kenny was the uh, second guy to do it. Older guy. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. This man is a legend of the sport. Big man. Ding ding ding. We're spooky. Winner. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I <know>. Big <laughs> prizes up for grabs. CTR hat, man. I I'll have to mail you one. And I tell you what, Max, I'll, I'll, I got a, I'm a sticker hoarder, so I'm going to throw in a few rad stickers out of my collection. I don't know what yet, but I'll pick out some sweet ones for you. Sweet. Thank you very much. I owe you a CTR hat anyway, I guess, from the, uh, from the uh, e-racing bit we had. So I'll have to give you a, a, a CTR hat, and I'll have to give you a, a new uh, CTR shirt, dude. You can uh, throw darts yeah. at it or whatever. I, that sounds good. <laughs> all right dude. well hey i'm gonna give you well i can't i was gonna say i'll let you text me who you want me to uh who you want me to call next week um i'll let you pick i'll let you pick the next guest i was gonna drop it here but then they'll be ready you know and it won't be as cool so text me who you want right. me to uh, like like a pro singles rider who you want me to call next week okay awesome all right man well i miss you dude hope you're feeling better and we'll catch up with you soon see ya all right talk soon Cheers, all right, man. peace yeah. Peace, Bronson. <laughs>
Oh man, I, <laughs> that I was figured, hilarious. I, I mean, we had to give it to him. There, there. So I mean, uh, I, whatever. Hey, that 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 Australian question uh, might have been pretty hard. Peter uh, Goddard was uh, he went on to be like a a world superbike rider, um, and he rode for uh, man. It, I'm racking my brain now, but maybe like Bamoda or something like that, the factory team uh, in the World Superbike Series. But like in 1987 or so, he came here. I think he was an Australian national champion. He came here and rode the junior class, and his number was six. Can I call him? He lost signal completely. Can he? Can we call him on a cell? We could try. Hello. Yo, buddy. Yo, man. I hey, I, I I'm not trying to get uh, bring up you know the uh, the whole riot looter thing going on, but man, I'm I'm uh, having to deal with the effects of it right now. That's why I couldn't hear Parker's interview, and I just lost everything uh at the end of that last little semester i guess they're Damn, all man. yeah so big yeah. job um well stay safe man lock those doors uh wanted to uh kind of finish up the closing segment if you're if you're still good to do that yeah yeah man i'm good i just you know unfortunately i i don't know if they're knocking down power lines or what's going on over there but Thank God I have a phone with a full battery, so I'm good to go. Okay. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Moto America series from this past weekend and the Supercross series that kind of got back underway. Um, you know, the Moto America series, I actually followed it on the Moto America Live app and got to see some flat trackers kind of go out there that um, race flat track and also do the pavement stuff and do well. PJ Jacobson actually won the Superstock 1000 class and looked really good. Cam Bobier, he's a he's a friend of mine. He won dominated both Superbike classes. Uh Super Sport, I had a buddy of mine, Brandon Posh finished second. Uh Junior Cup, there is a couple kids in there that I know that do well. I know like the Wyman's, uh Kyle Wyman, Travis and Cody used to race flat track and they were mixing it up um toward the front of the pack and yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool to see some racing Moto America stuff. You know, the, the like I said, the coverage was awesome on Moto America Live, uh, plus the um, the app or whatever. It was it was awesome. So it was it was cool to see some racing. Yeah, you know, I, I'm bummed I had to miss that with everything going on here. As, as if you don't know already, already I live in Philadelphia and things have been pretty wild here over the weekend. Uh, but so I, I couldn't really watch a ton of racing, but I did kind of follow up on a couple of things and and i seen a lot blowing up on instagram on people's stories and uh a new guy popped up on my radar from uh moto america over the weekend and that was uh richie escalante did you uh did you see uh any of his rides at all Corey? i did actually um a really good friend of mine that i trained with a little bit a kid i kind of grew up with brandon posh finished second to uh escalante both days so yeah he came under the radar a bit i mean he's always been I'm, i've i've i watched as many races as i can and he's he's been a good solid top five rider but he stepped it up a lot this year and same with the the junior cup rider i think it was dominic doyle um you know rocco landers the the past champion he won like 12 or 13 races last year and dominic doyle beat him both races so a couple surprises man a road america is a really fast big course 
Um, I actually got to race there in 2012 as part of the Harley Davidson 1200 series that I did. And That's maybe, right. it was, yeah. maybe it was 13. <laughs> I got my years messed <laughs> up, but yeah, that track's big and they're actually going back to race there as part of their next, next couple rounds. I'm sorry, their next round, but a lot of the classes race double headers. So yeah, it, it was cool. It was a lot of good racing. I, I'm a PJ Jacobson fan. I, I've seen that a lot of people, um, fans were kind of disappointed with, uh, with the Ducati being legal in that super stock class. But, uh, I mean, PJ is a phenomenal rider. One of the best riders I've ever seen. I mean, he can do things on a motorcycle that is just unheard of on pavement or, or dirt. So yeah, it, it, he looked really good. I mean, I think, you know, that Ducati it's fast, but like anything in flat track, you know, like the Ducati on the dirt or the KTM, if it's fast, it kind of takes away from the handling a bit. And that's kind of why the Indian is so successful because it's fast and it handles well. But, you know, I think PJ, what the speed of the Ducati, what, you know, some of the the positives of that, it seemed like that bike was dancing around a little bit more than, than the Kawasaki and Suzuki 1000 twins that he was racing against. So, um, but overall, good racing, Sammy. It was it was cool to see. And did you watch Supercross at all either? Or I mean, you probably had a lot going on this weekend. No, no, yeah. Again, man, I you know I I watched uh, all the 250 heats, and then uh, I had to go away from the TV for a little bit, and uh, you know j- you know see, check on my neighbors boarding up their windows and stuff, and then come back in and and I caught uh, caught the. Uh, the end of the 450 main. So I watched a little bit, not, of course, not, not as much as I wanted to watch, but, you know, seeing Tomac uh, do his thing, man. And I guess they're going to be back there again this weekend. Tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow. Oh yeah. Wednesday. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Well, that track looked dry, man. It looks so dry. So yeah. Outdoor stadium and, you know, day. uh, Yeah. You know, it's, the first four, uh, 250 heat, it looked like, you know, typical, you know, they try to water it. And, you know, when you, when you dump water on dry dirt, man, you make mud. So you have mud and dry spots and then it just dried out. So I'm sure, you know, uh, that dirt works crew will, will whip it into better shape for the next one. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's the same track for everybody. You know, when riders kind of complain about the racetrack or whatever, I, I'm I'm like, man, I, I got to earn, you know, if I'm bummed about the track, it's like, I got to race the same track as everybody else. So you got to find ways to make it work. And yeah, it, it track looked dry. And I think Tomac, I just don't think he's going to be denied this year. I think he, he really wants that first Supercross title. And yeah, it was cool to, it was cool to see all three title guys up there though, battling and made for a good race. So that was, that was good. You know, I, I enjoyed all the racing we got to watch, you know, I tried to support, all the series that got back underway, it's been a big job to try and make this stuff happen. And all the social distancing at the Moto America races and the Supercross, you know, the podium was everybody was had their own interviews and they had like a long ass mic that they held to their held to their yeah. uh, <laughs> mouth and and just wearing masks on the on the starting grid and um, behind the gate and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see what the American Flat Track Series does as far as social distancing for our series, you know, there's a lot of more, there's a lot more blue collar redneck, uh, you know, d- down South boys in our series. I, I don't know how to word it, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how we can make it work where everybody, you know, kind of 
distance himself and things like that. But I'm sure they were watching, you know, the two other series in NASCAR. They're following that and do something similar, probably. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm bummed that I had to miss so much racing on TV, and I hope to catch up. And I, I definitely, I'm not going to miss the the next round of a Moto America or, or Supercross. But the one thing I'm kind of bummed out on that, I mean, I really enjoy, and I'm sure a lot of the riders enjoy, is the uh, pit walk that the fans get to do. And uh, I guess they're not doing that for understandable reasons. I get it. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of bummed that that's not going to take place because I I enjoy seeing so many people and shaking hands and getting to talk to people, you know, see old friends or even people that are new to the sport. And, you know, you get to show them the motorcycle and talk to them about things. And uh, that's a part of uh, this year that I'm going to miss for sure. But I'm still glad we're going racing. Yeah. Yeah. I got to ride a little bit. Uh, I had, a uh, rode a little test, uh, test day yesterday, got to ride a local clay shore track. So that was cool. Got to get on my twin, uh, my personal twin a little bit. I'm, I'm anxious to get on the, the G and G racing Yamaha twins. The, the guys have been working nonstop back in California, getting those bikes ready. So, um, I'm anxious. I just want to get on my, on those, on those twins and, and just get it on, man. It's, it's time. I like, they called me about the series and, you know, where we were going and when and what my thoughts were. I was like, dude, I don't care. I don't care. I, I just want to race, like, just whatever, you know. So we talked about the schedule on the last show a bit, and it's an unorthodox schedule. Like, right now, we don't have any TTs for the Twins. You know, there might be one mile. You know, most of it's just half miles and short tracks. And a lot of guys were kind of, you know, kind of voicing their thoughts on that, but – I don't care. I'm just thankful that we we can race this year for you know a couple of weeks there, a few weeks. It wasn't looking good for our season, so I think uh, you know just all the fans just staying positive, getting behind what they're doing. It's out of AFT's hands. It really is. So for what they're able to accomplish and get get put together, I'm super grateful for. I just wanna I just wanna race. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, and one quick thing, man, I want to bring up, maybe I shouldn't even be talking about it, but I am going to talk about it. It's just a little word around the campfire. Uh, It's, you know, it's a long shot, but I hear, man, there might be a chance at adding a second mile uh, to the series. Um, And I've heard it from a couple sources, so maybe there's a little truth to it. I don't know if you heard anything about it. Uh, Have you heard anything about Indy running, Corey? I've heard, I've heard what most people hear as far as the rumors go. That'd be cool. Uh, I love Indy Mile. That was where I made my first national in 2008. I made my first national there. Some of these kids were probably five years old that I raced with, but yeah, Indy Mile's rad, dude. It's it's a uh, it's one of my favorite tracks. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can make that work. Um, if I had to pick any mile to race this year. It'd probably be Indy. Uh, that's one of my favorites. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the schedule it has you know a slight chance of getting tweaked, tweaked or altered a bit with you know everything going on. Man, just every is well everything with the virus. Then now everything with everything going on with the riots and protests. You know who the hell knows where we're where we're gonna be at. Um, but like I've said, I don't care. I just want to race. So put me in a parking lot, baby. I don't care. Just let's, let's go. But no, it was a great show. Um, Parker's a legend. It's good to have him on talk fight club a bit. Like I said, it's cool. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see who wins it. Hopefully there's, 
you know, hopefully they're not holding hands going to the start line. They're actually going out and dicing it up. I think it'll be good. I think the personality of the riders, you know, they they are they all want to win. Like I I know you know Meese wants to win in any like dude we argue about cycling like mountain biking bicycling running like we argue about the dumbest shit. So you know you put them on motorcycles what they do for a living. It don't matter if it's a XR750 Indian FTR or uh, XR100, they're going to dice it up, go for the win. So so that would be exciting. I definitely want to give a shout-out to Bell Power Sports for supporting the podcast. Check out bellhelmets.com. Grab a Bell Race Star Flex. Like we have, like the top riders in American Flat Track wear, check their line of products. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by a Bell. Also, a shout-out to the Moto America Series for – Supporting our podcast, check out all the info, results, schedule, motoamerica.com. And also a big shout out to Fredericktown Yamaha and Frederick, Maryland. Fredericktownyamaha.com. If you need any sort of parts for your dirt bike cruiser, give them a call. Tires, tubes, chains, they can order it for you from Parts Unlimited. 301-663-8333. That's 301-663-8333. Ask for Ian Riley. It's my boy. He'll take care of you. And then the Barbara Fritchie Classic. Hopefully we get to get to get that event off this year. Frederick, Frederick Maryland. We'll have more info on that race soon. Hopefully it happens. This year would be the 99th year. You know, support that event at the Frederick Fairgrounds if you're if you're able to. And let's keep that event going. It's it's a very historic event, and I'm excited for it if we, uh, we can make that happen. But anything else, Sam, you want to close with? I'll let you kind of get back to what you got going on there. We're definitely thinking of you, man. That's that's a bit. It's a big task you got to deal with right now. Yeah, it's a it's a little crazy, man. So you know, I'll keep it short because uh, things are getting pretty wild close to home and a little too close to home. So, but with that said, you know, uh, man, I can't wait to listen to the show to hear what Parker had to say. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, Frederick, Maryland, 4th of July. This is the 99th running of it this year. I believe it's the oldest running half mile, continuous running half mile in the country. And, uh, it's one of my favorites. So I got a little plan to lose some weight, man. And I, and I, I'm looking forward to riding the, the 100th. I want to ride it there. Uh, even if I have to ride the old man class, I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty determined to make that happen. So I'll see you there for sure. Hell yeah, man. Let's get it on. I want to go yeah. racing. I'm excited. Um, Well, talk to you guys next week. Appreciate you for tuning in. Hit us up on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review, all that good stuff. Follow us on social media. Sammy's been posting some fire, some good old school photos. And uh, until next show, talk to you later. Peace. See ya.